Welcome to Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. I'm your co-host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco. Brightly.eco is a platform that connects you to products, stories, and other people dedicated to making the planet a better place. This new platform is going to be launching very soon, and if you'd like to be one of the first to get access, please sign up at brightly.eco. Today's episode talks about a topic that impacts our lives each and every day. I'm talking about online shopping, because if you're like everybody else, you are probably adding something to your cart right at this very moment as you multitask between shopping and listening to this podcast. Lisa, our co-host, and I talk about various myths surrounding online shopping and how you can actually get involved in making sure that your carbon footprint gets reduced every time you check out. All right, let's get started. I think, you know, the the topic that we're focusing on today is the environmental impact of your online shopping, and it is full of myths. So we're excited to be, you know, myth busters and talk a little bit more about, you know, the impact that really every time you you add something to cart and check out, like what that means. Um, And actually, I think Lisa is going to get us started with a really interesting, positive note. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think first of all, uh, I just want to give people a perspective of how huge environment uh, online online shopping is, and uh, just so everyone has a number, which is kind of crazy. So, um, consumers just in the U.S. alone spend five hundred seventeen billion dollars in online shopping in the U.S. alone. Five hundred seventeen billion dollars. I don't even know how many uh, zeros are there. That's and, insane. Yeah. So, and e-commerce represented fourteen percent. Only actually fourteen percent which is uh was surprising for me of total retail sales in 2018 and of course our big uh, friends at amazon accounted for 40 percent of all online sales and we'll get into amazon of course later on since it's such a beast uh of the online shopping in general but uh the good news and the biggest myth uh that i was super excited to discover is that online shopping is actually more environmentally friendly than regular shopping um and actually the research was done on this uh, uh, in Carnegie Mellon University and they found that Online shopping affects the environment less than traditional shopping because consumers' energy consumption and carbon dioxide emissions when online shopping are reduced by 35%. So it's huge news. That's insane. I mean, honestly, this to me was like, as we were talking about this episode beforehand and we're, you know, sharing various statistics, this really jumped out at me. I think we all have a, um, you know, we've heard a lot about some negatives of online shopping, which we'll talk more about later. But what's fascinating to me is, yes, like, as we get in the car to go to the mall, etc., that's actually really the biggest contributor to the um, carbon footprint. Crazy. Yeah. So the research showed that approximately 65% of total emissions generated by the traditional retail model stem from customer transport to and from the retail stores, just exactly as you said. 
So um, maybe I can start us with the three main things that we want to address uh, in this very loaded topic. Yeah, uh, you know, online shopping again, 517 billions. And, you know, there's so many aspects we can cover. But in this episode, you know, we wanted to keep it short, succinct. Uh, we will be talking about, first of all, shipping, second, packaging, and of course, uh, buying from brands that make a difference. And these awesome. are the three main things that we want to address. Uh, all right, shall I get started with this? So do uh, yeah, one. let's do it. Okay, so shipping. Of course, as you as you can imagine, online shopping requires a lot of shipping, and um, uh, this this I think this is the main kind of generator of the um, emissions, gas emissions, right? And just to give you and to be very transparent, you know, I'm a co-founder of a subscription box company called Globin. It's a fair trade company, but uh, you know, we are aware that we have to be shipping boxes to customers. And just in general, subscription box uh, industry is so huge. Uh, so we are we are aware that we are generating. Um, more, you know, negative environmental impact through shipping boxes. Uh, but it's something inevitable. So, like, shipping is part of the uh, online shopping experience, and this is something that we have to do. Some interesting exactly. facts we found, though, uh, with shipping, and some of the things... Um, that um, you can address, you can do as a customer. So first of all, um, you, uh, you, that's a very easy, easy kind of thing to, to do, but it was surprising for me. You should uh, always opt in for shipping notifications so that you don't, um, that you don't miss your uh, delivery man. Because... So wait, can you, can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that? What do you mean by like shipping notifications? Yeah, so, so shipping notifications or just checking your, uh, you know, when you, Obviously, every company are out there right now. They're ship shipping you the tracking number, right? But um, yeah. um, sites and companies like FedEx or UPS or whoever, whoever is your sh uh, local shipping provider, they actually have an option. Uh, you can you have to create an account with them. I think this is usually the process, and you can actually be ha getting your shipping notifications on uh, through text messages. Uh, so oh, that's example, awesome! Yeah, so I'm a, a huge fan of Imperfect Produce. It's um, kind of ugly produce subscription box uh, and I'm getting their boxes every single week and they actually um they are like probably on the on the side of like too many text messages but I don't mind it at all like I'm like I am getting a, at least three notifications like that my box is out for shipment the driver is coming closer and it's here and so what is the reason why we should do it you know, why is it so important, which was very interesting for me. A recent study found that just two delivery attempts increased the emissions per shipment by between 9 and 75%. Oh, that's huge. So basically, this is like if, you know, if you missed it, somebody has to come back and then that's that's creating more, more carbon emissions. The exactly. other thing I also wanted to mention, too, is a lot of brands now use... Um, a system called Shopify to build their uh, stores. And Shopify actually just launched a feature where you can get text message notifications, like Lisa was saying, but this is like from a, um, a systemic wide perspective. So a lot of the small brands that you've probably already purchased from now should offer the ability to get those text message updates, uh, which I think is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And as um, it, was, it was pretty surprising to me uh, to find out the numbers right just two delivery attempts and can increase your uh emissions per shipment by 75 percent um and of course another thing that we can do about shipping and is of course combining your orders right uh so don't check out from the same company or like amazon of course uh we all shop there 
try to combine your orders so it you know you don't ship like one tiny product uh ship all the stuff together yeah, there's actually um, a new feature that Amazon has to. I mean, me, my, all my features. I'm I'm on a roll today. Yeah, um, but they actually <laughs> they actually let you uh, pick a shipping day, uh, so you can. I don't know if you knew this, but you can go in and say every time I order from Amazon, I want everything to come on Wednesdays. So that's like a good way to actually uh do what you're saying which is combined shipping without having to think about it so if you have a family that has a shared account and people are purchasing things on there all the time um you can just get everything to come together in, in one in one area that's awesome that's awesome yeah and the other thing i want to mention too is um i think people treat online shopping as an unlimited supply of resources so one thing that specifically comes to mind is i have a friend who when she shops she actually will purchase a bunch of different sizes uh of of one you know one garment and then return them which is okay but sometimes she actually makes those purchases on different days so like similar what lisa's saying like if Mm -hmm. you need to put a bunch of things in one cart do it all at the same time yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the second part of uh, online shopping experience is packaging, of course, right? So um, same as shipping, uh, packaging and boxes and everything that comes inside of the boxes is inevitable with online shopping, whether we want it or not. Um, so um, let's talk about packaging. I think the good news is that most of the companies these days, even they are not uh, the traditional huge companies like Amazon, you know, huge subscription box companies, most of the boxes are actually made from recycled materials, uh, which is great. But besides the box itself, there is a tons of other packaging materials um, inside the box itself. I think I repeated myself, but it's okay. Um, so packaging i th- i think i can talk from the perspective of my brand uh globin it's actually a very fi- funny story about us is that our best selling products is uh are always ceramics and glassware which are very very breakable so our uh, our products come extremely extremely well pa- packaged but they're bubble wrapped there's a tons of bubble wrap and sometimes our customers uh come to us and they're like can you like use less packaging materials but uh you know and it, this is something we as a brand of course are working continuously to improve on but our point is always like I'd, I'd prefer to uh, overpackage the ceramics and other breakable things uh, so that, you know, you receive your product, uh, which is not broken, hopefully, uh, instead of, you know, me using less packaging material and increasing the chances that the product arrives broken and I have to resend it to you again, which I... Uh, that's we, that's yeah. crazy, Lisa. And I think I, it's one that I'm like, I have to jump in here because yeah. I, this comes back to... The, the thought process around everything that we do in our daily lives can be optimized to be a bit more ethical and sustainable, right? That's like exactly. why we're here to share information, but it's a scale. And so I totally agree with your point where it's like, you might actually have to resort to using packaging that you think is not as environmentally, um, you know, uh, conscious yeah. because you know that the product is going to get there safe and sound and then you don't have to create 
waste by having a wasted broken product or shipping another box to someone. So I think it's really interesting to think about the scale that these things happen. Exactly. Um, and actually, while we're talking about um, shipping material, there's been a few companies that have started to get more and more involved in the space um, around creating different shipping materials that are eco-friendly. So um, I know you guys love when we do shout outs. So like one of these companies is called No Issue. Mm-hmm. They are um, brand new in the space and they're creating like fully compostable poly mailers, which is great. Um, there's also, you know, existing um, companies like Lumi and um, things like that that are, are starting to add uh, different lines to their products that are, are that are recyclable. Um, and then finally, there's another, a few other ones coming up in the space that are actually creating almost like reusable crates or like reusable soft packages that um, actually you just send right back to the brand, which is interesting. So you're never creating like a throwaway Extra, mm-hmm. shipping container. So super cool. Yeah, I was also uh, pleasantly surprised on my end that there are uh, huge brands like Blue Apron. Blue Apron is, um, if you guys don't know, it's a meal delivery subscription box, probably the biggest right now in the food delivery space. Um, Members like Blue Apron and Campbell Soup Company and Fitbit, they're members of the Sustainable Package Coalition. So if you're really, really passionate about this topic and uh, passionate about pushing brands uh, towards more sustainable packaging, you should check out their website, the Sustainable Package Coalition. Um, they seek to improve five elements of everyday packaging. It's sourcing responsibly, creating efficient and optimized supply chains, recycling and recovering packaging, and then using non-toxic supplies and impacting the globe as minimally as possible. So they have actually a list of brands who are their members. So if this is something very important for you, this is basically you can narrow down um, brands you, sh- you are shopping from um, by looking at their website. That's fascinating. It's funny that you mentioned Blue Apron because I have used them in the past. I think probably most people have. Um, mm. When they came out of the gate a few years ago, they were like super on point with their marketing and their um, offers. And actually, I loved the recipes that I was able to create with them. I always thought that they were like just really got us out of our rut. Um, and one of the things that really bothered me about using Blue Apron and actually by using any of these meal, um, meal delivery services yeah. was the amount of packaging that came. So if you think about, um, there was, of course, the the cardboard box, that was fine. But then there was like the ice pack um, in there that never Mm -hmm. seemed like, I'm always like, what am I supposed to do with these ice packs? So like what we do with our, in in our family is like, we we just freeze them and use them for like our own. And I think most people do, but at a certain point, you can't have like 20 ice packs. Um, And the other thing that like, you you know, even my husband who, um, you know, he's also very passionate about, um, eco-friendly practices and stuff but by no means is he as passionate as I am even he was like wow like I can't believe how you know when Blue Apron sends us a a recipe it's um every single thing is packaged in plastic like all the spices and all that stuff too and so separately yeah so this was a few years ago so I'm really excited to hear that they are making strides to like cut down on those um pieces of of waste and I would love it if somebody, I mean, like free startup idea, um, please, please take this. But I would love it if somebody would come out with a company that would um, send you things in uh, containers that you could just like send back to them. Um, I mean, Amazon, think about, well, think about the milkman back in the day when the milkman would come deliver you milk. It would be in a bottle that you would give back to him the next time he stopped by. So like, how cool would that be, you know, if if companies like Amazon would adopt more of that type of uh, behavior? I think it's, it would be awesome. 
Yeah, and I think the last thing that we need to talk about uh, in terms of packaging is the beauty industry, right? Uh, so every year, 120 billion units of cosmetics packaging are produced and mostly it's for one-time use. Um, so this is where, um, why I started talking about is like refillable containers. You know, refillable containers is a huge, huge industry. I think uh, we're starting to see more and more players come up uh, in, uh, in this area. So ma major brands like P P&G and Olay, they're starting to invest in the refillable containers and like just testing out this model in general. Um, beauty counter is one of like more ethical beauty brands is also investigating in kind of investing money in this area as well and there is i think a company called humankind i will give a shout out to them um they have uh, their whole business model is focused entirely on refillable products they sell like a friendly health and beauty items in recyclable packaging including mouthwash tablets refillable deodorant and shampoo bars which is uh, which is a super important as we just learned yeah, that's awesome. And the the thing, the other angle I want to throw into this is, so a lot of these companies, like the big ones, like P P and G, or um, I'm getting that name wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, the, the big the P and G, uh, the big consumer companies, they're actually looking at this from a financial perspective too. So why why would it be interesting to them? Well, um, it's very expensive to ship heavy items. If you think about a lot of the things that we use on a daily basis, are actually um, you know, like think about a big, um, you know, a big shampoo bottle, for instance, like most of the time, those are composed mostly of water. And there's like a small amount of the actual good stuff, the concentrate that you mm -hmm. need. So there's actually been a few different brands um, and startups coming around, such as like Grove Collaborative, Blue Land is another one where they're actually experimenting with shipping people like little concentrate tablets or like concentrate packets mm -hmm. of cleaning supplies. So Basically, the first time you shop with them, you purchase the little tablet and then like the container. So like a big glass bottle. Um, and then the next time you, you just throw that tablet into water and then bam, you've got your, um, you know, your your shampoo or your cleaning supplies. And then the next time you need it, how cool would that be? You know, you just get like a little envelope that's sent to you with like some of these exactly. tablets. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Like there's, of course, the eco-friendly space that I think a lot of people want to be in, but it's also financial. It gets so much cheaper for brands to do it that way. Yeah. So I think this is what gives me the most hope is like uh, as long as brands are incentivized financially to do this, there's way more chances that they actually will go through uh, with these programs. And uh, yeah, like when I was thinking about personally what we can do as consumers, I mean, obviously, um, and all of the things that we mentioned right now, you can, first of all, you should advocate as a customer of any given brand, Amazon or any other brand out there. You can send emails uh, to customer support and make sure you, that your voice is heard. It's like, I would love to see more uh, environmentally friendly packaging. Um, you know, if the, the brand does not how, and doesn't provide shipping notifications as often as you'd like, ask them for that. And as long as the brand is hearing from you, you know, they're more likely to actually... Um, you know, make changes to their operations. Uh, Amazon, exactly. for example, uh, specifically, uh, they did, they introduced, I think it's been a while now, actually, it's called frustration free packaging. I actually, as a consumer, haven't even noticed on their website, Laura, maybe you know a bit more about it. Yeah, well, I mean, some of if you've if you've listened to our podcast before, you might know that I used to work at Amazon. Um, and yes, I am familiar with the frustration free packaging. So 
They, um, it's something that you can actually, I think you can filter by when you're shopping for things on oh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it just basically means most of the time frustration-free packaging um, results in like less plastic and like less things around it. That's kind of where they came up with that term frustration-free because, you know, there's like, we've all bought products where it like takes, I don't know, like an X-Acto knife and like three people to get through the through the packaging. Um, but yes, I think what the, a nice side effect of this has been that people are um, thinking about it more in terms of like how to cut down on the packaging in general. Yeah. And as a consumer, you know, if you are going uh, to brands and shops like Costco, for example, if you have space in your house to store all these gigantic packages uh, of the stuff that's sold in Costco, buy a huge container of, you know, dishwasher or detergent that you can store in your house instead of buying small bags or boxes. So, for example, um, you know, the um, hand wash buy a big container and just keep refilling them. I think this is a huge part. I think in this episode, I have started doing that already, but now I realize that it actually makes a huge difference. It does. And the other thing too, like from a visual, like aesthetic point of view, I'm very big into interior design. And one thing that you find that um, like Chip and Joanna Gaines and all these like celebrity designers, what they do is they actually take, um, they buy those like beautiful amber glass bottles And they actually just, like, use those to hold all of the, you know, soaps and shampoos and stuff. So, like, you look at their kitchens that they do, the bathrooms that they do, and they're always those, like, beautiful um, sort of, like, brandless, nameless uh, bottles full of things. So, it, like, actually helps your house, like, just put the, you know, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's cohesive, put, get, get a little notch of interior design there. Yeah. All right. So I think the last part that I mentioned that we want to talk about is, of course, buying from brands that make a difference. Uh, And of course, um, I think the first, uh, yeah, the first question that before we jump into that, I wanted to address is that, you know, the whole idea of online shopping and, uh, you know, retail businesses at large, what do these businesses do about the fact that retail business is built on what many see as as unsustainable consumption habits? right? I mean, these companies want you to constantly buy more and more and spend more and more money with them. And same especially probably goes for the subscription box industry. And we at Globin, for example, we thought about this pretty, uh, we spent a lot of time thinking about this, like uh, subscription box model. It's basically, it's unsustainable uh, model. It it promotes this unsustainable, unhealthy consumption habits. So what we as a sustainable, ethical and fair trade brand, what we are doing uh, about it and what other brands hopefully are doing about this too uh, is that we are always encouraging our customers to only buy the things that they truly will want and cherish and of course another huge part of it is you know only selling high quality products that will last uh, for a long time, be it, uh, be it a t-shirt or sneakers or, you know, a beautiful hand-blown glass base. Um, exactly. Yes, we as a subscription box company, we also give as much flexibility to our customers. So uh, unlike most of subscription boxes, we don't just send you, uh, you know, a surprise box of random products inside. Uh, we give customers an option to choose from different box themes and even specific products that they want to receive each month. So exactly, again, we're not sending them just the stuff that will fill up their house and they will never use we also uh, we always want to send you the products that you will absolutely love cherish and they will stay with you for many many years yeah that's awesome and that for, from as a consumer i actually don't typically you know enroll in subscription box yeah, programs exactly. for that reason so it's great that like globin and i think there's a few others in the space that do offer more flexibility um another thing that i've heard of people doing 
um, both with like subscription box items and then with items that they get and they may or may not love. Yeah. Um, they think about gifting these items. So yeah. like making sure that like if there's items that you're getting that you're not 100% sold on rather than uh, returning them, which we didn't talk too much about the yeah. return cycle in this episode, but you can imagine that, you know, the process of you having to get into your car to go drop off a package at UPS is going to create carbon emissions. And then, of course, the fact that the item has to get all the way back yeah, to the brand, the that's going to like radically increase um, the amount yeah. of, you know, of environmental impact that that one product had. So maybe rather than, um, you know, purchasing a bunch of things with the end goal of returning them, maybe we should start thinking about um, reducing our um, amount of buying that we do online. And then, you know, if we somehow end up with things that we don't love, either gift them or figure out a way to kind of put them back in the cycle in a more responsible way. Yeah, the returns are a huge part, of course, of the problem. And actually, it made me uh, remember, uh, you know, my stories from my friends who love shopping in Amazon, again, Amazon, Amazon, but this is the reality, unfortunately. And what people do, because Amazon has this crazy, you know, shipping policies, super affordable, one day, two day free shipping delivery, uh, returns are always accepted and things like that. What people have been doing, uh, and I'm pretty sure they're still doing that. Uh, let's say you're buying a pair of shoes in Amazon and you're not sure, of course, uh, exactly which size you should buy. So what they do is they buy multiple sizes of the same shoe. I uh, try the on at home and ship the other back and they just you know and, and this is very unsustainable behavior you know like you already you when, when you're buying something you're already uh, kind of buying with a set mind that you're going to be shipping at least part of the order back which is of course very very yeah. unsustainable yeah I think yeah, we were talking about that, that a little bit earlier but this is a, is a common um, thread that you know that certain people do so maybe try to not do that if you can um you know, figure out a way to go on and try the item in person if you can, et cetera. So, I mean, it's not perfect. None of us will, you know, f- solve this overnight, Absolutely. but it's just worth thinking about. Yeah, at least start thinking. That's the first step. Um, and another thing that I wanted to mention, too, is that, for example, if you're, uh, you know, um, if you're shopping, let's say, last chance sales for brands like I did uh, uh, recently with Treadlands and like super heavy discounts and Treadlands is an uh, awesome ethical fashion brand, but they said no returns, which is, you know, good. Uh, but, you know, I ended up with a piece uh, with a pair of pants that don't really fit me, uh, which I knew, you know, that it's a risk because I've never tried them in person. Um, so what I did uh, instead of, again, I can't return them. Uh, my first step is always like I bring this uh, something that doesn't fit me. I bring it to the office and uh, see if any of my colleagues would, um, you know, it, it makes a great fit for them or not. Uh, if nobody wants to take this piece from me, um, I go to Crosslands, which is awesome thrift company, uh, and they give you a really good deal on the, all the products that you bring into them. That's great. And, you know, that's something I love that idea, Lisa. I actually myself will try to not shop from like places that don't do returns because I get this anxiety. But I the fact that you've come up with like a creative way to either, you know, pass them along to someone that is, you know, interested in in having them or, you know, using thrift shops or even some of these apps we've talked about. So like some of the ones that we love are like you know, Relove, we love Poshmark, um, ThreadUp. There's all sorts of different things coming up. Um, and actually, you know, some brands like Patagonia, and I think there's, I think Amorver, one of another sustainable fashion company that I love, they've now started to create systems where you can actually trade 
clothing that you don't want back into them. So it's like less of a return and more like a putting it back into the cycle and then they will reward you for for giving it back to them. Yeah. So it's like a little bit less of it's not like a straight return where you're going to get I guess money back on your credit card, but there is a way to get um credit back, which is really interesting. Yeah, and again, what uh, what's in it for big brands and I think more and more uh and I think we should have like a whole uh, different episode about the whole like resale economy. Uh, but m- bigger brands like uh, I believe uh, Macy's or, uh, or or some other big brand they have partnerships with brands like ThreadUp who helps and encourage customers to like kind of uh, ship back uh, ship back the items that you don't like or you already wore uh, and don't want to use and wear anymore. Uh, so what's in it for the brand? Uh, the brand who's giving you credit for returning the items to uh, to them. They actually encourage you to, you know, do another purchase, repeat purchases. That's what they did for the brand. And But I'm glad to see that brands are actually starting to do it. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for um, educating us all about really how our online shopping habits are impacting the planet. I learned a ton. I also was really interested to know, and like some of these myths that I was holding on to were really not true. Uh, yeah, it, this is great. Yeah, so the last thing that we didn't really talk about, but it's something like a theme of, you know, brightly and good together in general, buy from the brands that make a difference, right? And we're here for you to help you research, to give as many shout outs to the amazing brands that make a difference in every aspect of ethical and sustainable lifestyle. Absolutely. That that's our whole reason for being. And exactly. we're so thankful that you guys join us on this on this journey. So thanks so much. Oh, this has been fun, Laura. See you next time. All right, bye. much for listening to today's episode. Lisa and I are thrilled that you joined us and we hope that we taught you a few different things that'll be fun to talk to over the dinner table. So if you're interested in learning more about how to keep up with us at brightly.eco or you'd like to stay in contact, head to brightly.eco slash podcast where you'll find show notes and links to all of our social media channels. If you want to find us directly, we can usually be found at username brightly.eco across all of the platforms you're already on. Thanks so much for joining us, and we're looking forward to keeping the conversation going on behalf of you and on behalf of the planet.